0: Is when you're a real estate broker and you lead a top team, life is pretty good, right? Life is great. You're selling a lot of real estate. You know, you, you make money. Everything's good. Um, and so to really kind of blow that up and start your own company, there's, there's a lot of top agents that, that should do it, I always thought. And then they don't because it's a significant amount of work and it's a significant amount of expense and there's a huge amount of risk.
1: It's Monday and welcome to Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal. I'm Isabella Farr. And I'm Susanna Cavanaugh. So a little bit later, you'll hear from Ryan Serhant talk about the state of residential brokerages, his new firm, and whether we'll see him on TV in the near future. I'm sure listeners are excited. But first, we wanted to go over the top news of this week.
2: So once again, we have to start with Compass because the news just keeps on coming. The company announced last week that it laid off a number of people once again in an effort to cut costs.
1: So we don't know how many people the firm actually let go, but Compass reported between $23 million and $26 million in costs associated with severance and termination benefits. And in June, when it laid off 450 employees, it incurred between 15 and $16 million in these types of costs.
2: Right. Yeah, it's hard to parse, like, just how many heads that adds up to, but likely more than 450. And the firm's attempt to cut costs is going to be just massive. Compass said it's gunning to shave down expenses by $320 million this year. Essentially, it's trying to prove that it can save this sinking ship and turn a profit. Yeah,
1: I mean, the losses so far have been enormous. In 2021, through the first half of this year, the company lost $800 million. And last Thursday, Compass's market cap actually dipped below a $1 billion for the first time when
2: its stock dropped to about $2.30 a share. It's not that shocking that a residential brokerage like Compass is struggling right now when home sales are slowing nationwide, but not all brokerages are reacting to the market in the same way. So, we published a story last week on Anywhere Real Estate. That's the firm that owns Sotheby's and Corcoran. Anywhere had been planning to cut costs since late last year. And then last month, it ripped off the band aid and announced a number of layoffs. That came as a bit of a surprise because it had also reported $23 million in profits for the first quarter. But the company has said that its priority has been to boost earnings. So, the employee cuts weren't a knee jerk reaction. They were something that The firm had planned.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how brokerages manage another round of interest rate hikes and, you know, continuing high inflation. As we all know, last Wednesday, the Fed raised rates by another three quarters of a point to try and quell inflation. And a majority of Fed officials are saying it's not over yet, right? They're expecting to raise rates another 1.25 percentage points by the end of this year. So obviously, that'll make mortgages more expensive, turning off potential home buyers, and therefore affecting residential brokerages, which have less deals.
2: Right. And then on the rental side, we know that those sidelined buyers, they stay in rentals, and that continues to fuel higher rents.
1: But there has been a bit of a shift in New York's rental market, right? You've done a little bit of a reporting around this?
2: Yeah, there was definitely a turning point last week. A couple signs that cropped up we got Jonathan Miller's rental report, which showed that in August, rents have likely plateaued. The median rent in Manhattan actually dipped by just over 1%. So that's a huge moment for a market that saw six straight months of record-breaking prices. And then at the same time, the luxury market has seen an uptick in concessions and incentives. So some apartments in certain neighborhoods are offering one month free or a rent credit. And Some brokers see this as an early sign that the market is cooling, but I think it's important that we don't get ahead of ourselves. To quote Jonathan Miller, the opposite of a rising market is not a falling market, so we're likely not going to see rents dip significantly unless unemployment ticks up. And at the moment, it's still hovering just above a 50-year low. So basically, it's looking much less likely that renters will get any kind of relief without also feeling the pain of a recession.
1: And while we're on the topic of you know dipping prices, we should probably talk about Open Door. For the first time, the iBuying company said it's selling homes at a loss. According to Yip It data, the company lost money on 42% of its sales in August.
2: Oh, yeah. It's hard not to compare that to what happened with Zillow last year when it said it would exit iBuying altogether.
1: Right. The difference is that Zillow lost so much money by buying homes at a premium. They blamed their Zestimate. But with Open Door, the company said it's just feeling the impacts of a softening market, basically saying that home values are dropping. So now Open Door is predicting that it'll slow down purchases in the third quarter and hold its inventory for longer.
2: Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But that's what we're seeing on the housing front. We also saw New York Attorney General Letitia James file a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump, the Trump organization, and some of Trump's kids. And that alleges that Trump and his organization inflated property values for tax benefits or to score more favorable loans.
1: Yeah, rumors have been circulating for a long time about whether James was going to file a suit or not. What I thought was really interesting was the attorney general is also seeking to ban the family from acquiring real estate in New York for five years and shut down some of the Trump organization's operations in the state. On to
2: deals, Ken Dart, who is a pretty under-the-radar billionaire, he's said to be the biggest landowner in the Cayman Islands. Uh, Dart is in contract to buy AIG's former headquarters, so that's 175 Water Street in the Financial District, and he's paying $252 million. Considering that few office buildings have actually sold recently, it's definitely a high-profile bet on the sector.
1: Yeah, investors have really stayed away from those trophy assets over the last six months or so, mostly because of rising interest rates. But speaking of notable billionaires, after the Queen of England passed away earlier this month, TRD's Sasha Jones and Matthew Elo looked at just how much property the Queen left behind in New York City. They found 24 properties owned by entities with some sort of variation of Her Majesty the Queen. And many actually served as residences for diplomats from various Commonwealth nations.
2: Yeah, that was so surprising and just great reporting. Obviously, you know, it's just a sliver of the $2 billion worth of real estate that the royal family controls, a little bit more than that. But also just cool to see how big of a stake the Commonwealth has in New York City.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that wraps up the top news for this week. And today, we have Ryan Serhant here, a broker in New York City and the longtime star of Million Dollar Listing New York, who broke off from Nest Seekers in 2020 to start his own real estate firm. So you started your own firm called Serhant in 2020. I wanted to ask, two years on, how is it going? Is it what you expected it to be?
0: It's been awesome, to say the least. Uh, it's something that I always wanted to do. From the day I got into the real estate business, I knew that things were not right, right? You had a traditional brokerage model, and then you had a complete platform model, and neither were the right choice for me. Each can work for handfuls of agents as they do, but for the agent of the future, And right now, our future rock star agents are currently teenagers who are growing up, who are entering the workforce. And where do they want to work? You know, I always believe that the greatest salespeople need a strong brand underneath them that empowers their own brand, their own business and their own systems. And that's what I set out to create. Right. Which is an integrated platform as a service, as a technology company that enables us to power other agents' brands and their systems using the brand that I spent 15 years building and everything that we do. It's great. Uh, It was awesome to go down in the rankings in my first year right? because I was always used to as an agent and a team leader being at the top. I didn't think in my first year running this company, I was still, per the real deal, I guess I was still the the number one resale agent in in New York City, which was odd, Um, but it gives us room to grow, which is exciting. And we've grown really, really fast. Um, we sell a lot. We make a lot of money. We're incredibly profitable.
1: And how many agents do you have working for your company now?
0: Serhant has, uh, I think we're just over 200 now. We brought on first agents basically at the beginning of 2021. Our staff count is, uh, is about 80, right? In terms of full-time employees across the businesses. Um, and you know, we do a significant amount of content creation. For agents and properties and developers across markets. And the content creates organic lead generation. you know, And so there's a significant amount of lead flow of salespeople, but also people who need salespeople. We connect them and then round and round the flywheel, they go. And we have a big education business too.
1: So what in 2020 made you want to bite the bullet and start your own firm? What made you say, okay, this is the time, let me do this now?
0: I think a couple of reasons. Um, one, the timing was right for me to branch out and go out on my own. Just felt to me, even going into 2020, that it was the start of a new decade. So I'm going to do this, You know, the time is now. Because when you're a real estate broker and you lead a top team, life is pretty good, right? Life is great. You're selling a lot of real estate. You, know, you, you make money, everything's good. Um, and so to really kind of blow that up and start your own company, there's there's a lot of top agents that that should do it. I always thought, and then they don't because it's a significant amount of work and it's a significant amount of expense and there's a huge amount of risk. For me, that's all okay and I, I welcome it every day. Um, and then two, you know, I had a day, I guess, in early April of 2020 where I was quarantined in New Hampshire in like a cabin, um, you know, in the woods. It was snowing, and just like maybe. Maybe I don't do this. No one knows yet. I haven't announced anything. No one has any idea. But it seems like deals are dying left and right and things might be really tough. CNBC keeps talking about how people are dying left and right. There's a death ticker on the bottom right. Maybe I don't start a company because I looked at all the large brokerages and all major companies, and they were all doing layoffs, layoffs and furloughs. It's like, am I am I gonna be the guy that really goes the other way? Am I really gonna be the person that does the opposite? And Almost everyone said, don't do it. They said, just wait, just wait. Let's see what things are like at the end of the early 2021. Just wait, you're in no rush. You're still young. But life is short and then you die. So we decided not to wait. And so we just went as hard as we possibly could. And it was the best decision ever because we were able to move incredibly quickly and take great market share and really present ourselves as differentiators in a kind of very cloudy traditional market during a year in which no one was taking risks, and I think that's how we got onto the front page of the Wall Street Journal. You know, that's how we were able to do a lot of things that we did early on. And you know, with great risk can come great reward. And so I'm super thankful that we did it at that time. As terrifying as it was, there were definitely some days where we're like, how much does this cost? How, I don't know, I'm doing this by myself. When I started the business at the end of 2020, I was going on CNBC and Fox and you know, everyone was asking me and they're like, are you, are you sick? Is something wrong? Are you okay? Why would you ever do, New York is on fire. Where are you calling us from, Tribeca? Isn't Tribeca burning to the ground right now? Deals are dead left and right. And yes, you know, we sold an apartment at 157 West 57 in December, 2020 for 50% off what the seller paid for it. Sold the penthouse. Uh, 565 broom, right? The original asking price there was $40 million. My buyer, we got it for him for 22 and a half. But what we said at the time has remained true. Okay. After every tragedy is an amazing uh, will of the human spirit to recover really fast because people don't want to remember pain, right? They want to remember pleasure. It's why your body doesn't remember pain. Like if you broke your leg riding a bike, you would and you remember what that actually felt like to actually break your femur you would never get on a bike ever again because your body would just say no 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 remember that last time but you don't you remember what things feel like when they're great you know you eat you eat sweets and sugar your brain is like oh i know exactly what that feels like it creates cravings you want more of it
1: so you just talked about the struggles that we saw in 2020, layoffs, furloughs, etc. And we're seeing some of that again now with residential brokerages laying off employees. Compass, for example, has laid off staff, reported huge losses, its share prices plummeted. But it's not the only one. Keller Williams and Side have also laid off employees. Can you talk a little bit about why we're seeing this across the board right now?
0: Well, sure. I mean, I think, for one, every company is completely different. They all have their growth points that are exciting for their own reasons and their pain points, right, for their own reasons. Um, You know, And we've seen that kind of through cycles. I think every company this year, well, except for us because we're so new, right, but that's not fair. Um, Every company that's been around for the last 10 years is going to have a down year this year because you can't top last year. It's just not going to happen. It will happen slowly over time, which is why it's important to understand history and to watch market cycles. And You understand that what goes up comes down, what goes down will come up if you execute, right? And you ideate. And each company, um, successful company, well, bad company too, but the company is only as good as its people. And what you see with a lot, most new firms, is that real estate has a huge TAM, right? So real estate is a huge marketplace. Just look at that market, it's amazing. Let's go start a business in real estate. Let's go disrupt it. And you see that with most firms. Okay? And so then most firms aren't real estate companies at all. Real estate ends up becoming the widget and what they really are, they're fundraising firms. Like Compass, is a, it was a fundraiser, right? Even now, they're fundraisers. The idea wasn't to disrupt real estate. The idea was where can we make the most money? Okay? What's the market we're gonna go disrupt and make money through fundraising? And that's exactly what happened. But when you create a market through disruption of capital, what do you think is going to happen when markets start to turn? Like things aren't rosy all the time. The market will turn on you. You know, it's just like the rich kid who comes into school, right? A new school. He's never been there before, but he's coming in and he's rich and he starts breaking everyone's glass toys. People might say, okay, well, he's rich. I'm going to go over there and that's fun and that's exciting. And he just broke my toy. So I guess I got to go play with his toys, but slowly over time, people don't want to play with that kid anymore. Right. And I think that's what you're seeing happening now, um, with a handful of firms that are going through, going through some struggles. And it's, 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 it's just a learning moment for everybody else in the industry. Right. Um, and for me too, right. As a, as a new CEO and new founder of a company, you know, I'm, I'm doing this by myself. Um, uh, I've, I pay for everything by myself and, uh, you know, I just, I never had to pay Howard Lorber or a business partner ever during my entire career. So, you know, so everything's always been pretty great, you know, for us. Um, and it's just about being smart in the marketplace going forward, being smart and being conservative and understanding that, um, uh, you always have to be positive, Right you have to be profitable. If you're not profitable, you have to have a really, really, really clear path towards profitability. I think a lot of new companies that are born out of a desire to make money and fundraise are going to have a really, really hard time with that versus us. I mean, I'm a real estate broker at the end of the day. I I still understand what it feels like to have no money in New York City because I feel like i it feels like that was yesterday to me. I still understand what it feels like to be a young agent in New York city with no money crying on the subway because, you know, a deal just died and I don't know how I'm going to make my rent. And, you know, you can look at like, you can look at that as weakness, I guess, but I, 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 I use it to really, really fuel the gratitude I have for everyone that works with me in the industry that I'm in. And I know firsthand what it's like to be through every point of every single deal working with our customers that are our agents, you know, and their clients who are the buyers, sellers, and developers. Um, And I just think that I have a a much different viewpoint.
1: And how is your firm, Sirhan, dealing with the slowdown we're seeing?
0: I knew that the market was going to return really, really, really fast and completely called it. And that's why, you know, in January 2021, my next deal was the most expensive home I'd ever sold at just under $140 million in Palm Beach. You know, but we also called that the market was then going to have to calm down, right? There's going to be a pop. Everyone's going to come back. People are going to be excited. And then it's going to calm down and level out and be a normal market. I don't understand why normal is so bad. It's not bad. It's good. Nothing will beat last year in the near term in regards to volume and absorption, because you basically took a market that had been on ice from 2008 from Lehman Brothers until COVID. There were some blips in the middle. 2013 to 2015, right, was a quote unquote stronger market. But other than that, you took the American dream of home ownership okay, for 12 years and you put it off to the corner and said, this isn't the only way to build wealth and build generational wealth and to build a retirement fund uh, anymore, right? There's other things. And you saw that in the growth and explosion of the stock market across presidents uh, and in different ways to make money, right? 2020 hits and everything that was out of sight, out of mind became very insight and in mind when you're trying to do a Zoom call and your son is here and your daughter's here and your wife is yelling in the background. You're like, you know what? Um, the American dream for real estate is actually real. It's great. We should go do that right now. And everyone said the same thing at the same time. And given the amount of money that the Fed was pumping into the system, you know, inflation was was absolutely going to happen, and the people that called it early on, even though the media didn't talk about it for a year, those people put their money into hard assets really quickly. It wasn't just real estate, right? You're also seeing a slowdown right now just in demand uh, for cars, watches, art, but prices are still relatively pretty high. And so I think the market remains strong. I think real estate is an amazing, amazing store of value, store of wealth. It's a wealth creator. Just look at statistics for the last 50 years, you know, real estate isn't going away. If, if anything, people are getting more and more and more into it. And they're not just buying a single family home. Maybe they're renting where they live and where they work from, but they're buying a second home, right? And they're buying some farm property. We've never done deals like that before. And now our clients are asking for it, right? So we have to, we have to provide, but I think the market uh, will be interesting going forward. But, you know, home services, I guess, which is really what real estate brokerage uh, is in and is classified as is a relatively recession-resistant business. You know, if the rest of the market is down 20%, home services can be, it's done well, right? Down about 5 to 10%, let's say. So, uh, because that means when people are selling, they're selling on the way up and they're selling on the way down. You know, buyers are buying on the way up and they're also buying on the way down. But demand and, and absorption is what changes. Um, and so I think that we... You know, the whole reason I set up this company is we really, really prosper in volatile markets, in hot markets, amazing markets, right? It's it's not that hard when everything is great and everything is rosy and people are buying and selling homes left and right, right? Like you can do amazing deals. Companies are going to look positive. Markets are going to be up. Everyone's in the green. It's when things start to become a little bit more difficult that you get to see what people are made of both agents and, and companies, uh, and how you differentiate yourself. And if you're like everybody else, I don't know what you do. How do you differentiate yourself with the same thing you've been saying for 10 years? doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Everything has changed. Look at content. Look at streaming services that killed cable. But now look at TikTok. Every streaming service is sitting there and saying, how do we create more engaging content so that people aren't in their beds on TikTok while watching our shows, because that's where their attention is going. It's insane what's happened. And so businesses across the board have to adapt. But I'm super excited for the future. I welcome volatility. I think it's great, especially for us, because when things are tough, right, agents are needed left and right. can't do it on your own.
1: So I have to ask, and I'm sure a lot of people also want to know, you spent a lot of your career appearing on reality TV shows. And are we going to keep seeing you on TV?
0: We're we're doing it now. I just can't. I just can't talk about it. I left Million Dollar Listing. The decision was made in 2019, when I knew that I was going to start my company at a conversation with with Bravo and my agents over at UTA and and my team, my sales team at the time, before I'd ever left, right, and done my own thing, um, and just said, "Listen, I what happens if I don't do Million Dollar Listing anymore? Um, uh, because I don't think my new life is going to make sense." for a TV show that follows real estate agents as we do open houses, do sales. I'm gonna start my own company and really go from being a real estate broker to real estate CEO. I don't know if that's gonna work. So it's probably going to be the right time for me to look at other options. You know, and it's been almost 10 years at that point. Um, So we are doing something now uh, that is super exciting and I can't wait to talk about it, but I have to be good. And not talk about it, Um, but yes, don't you worry? Do you think I would stay off your screen? No. Right? Look at me. Like I gotta. Like you know, I'm addicted to this stuff.
1: Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Next week, we're talking about sand. Well, the shortage of sand and how it's impacting real estate projects. Tune in then.